Here in the seventh inning, the Yankees are trailing 2-0. That is the key man. Hit high in the air to left field. Going to the corner, Yaspinski. It's over the wall. It's a home run for Bucky Dent. Yankees get the lead 3-2. Deep to left, Yastrzemski will not get it, it's a home run! A three-run home run for Bucky Dent, the Yankees now lead it by a score of three to two. Boy, the last guy on the ball club, you'd expect to hit a home run, just hit one into the screen, Bucky Dent. Hi everyone, welcome Deep to Left with Bucky Dent. I'm Bucky Dent, along with Al Santiseri. Hi. And John Schwartz, my other partner. How you doing, Bucky? It's good to have you guys on, and we've had some great guests over the last few weeks uh, doing the podcast, and uh, you know, it's just going to be us today, and we're going to talk about some baseball, some good old baseball. I'm, I'm so excited. It's finally back. I know you guys are too, and uh, I'm really excited about this Yankee team. So let's get started and talk about what's going on this year. We've got a lot, a lot happening. You know, that's the funny thing, Bucky, is it's taken us 12 episodes, essentially, to get to what we initially wanted to and planned to do. It's been fun having all of these conversations, and the guests have been amazing, but there's baseball happening every night now. We get to talk about baseball. <laughs> I know, but it's a little bit weird. You know, we were talking about it before the show, but, uh, you know, you turn on, the, turn on the game, and you sit there and watch, and there's no fans. But you know what? It's baseball, and uh, I tell you what, the Yankees look pretty doggone good, and I'm really impressed with Cole. Well, I got to ask you, Bucky, you know, as someone who played the game, I wouldn't even say I'm two minds about the piped-in sound. I think the piped-in sound is actually good and necessary. You, you played in some of these tiny leagues where there are no fans, and I imagine it's hard for the players. Even if it's fake noise, it's got to be better for the players to be hearing something, right? Oh, absolutely. Any kind of noise. I mean, you're used to being in front of 40,000, 50,000 people, and now all of a sudden you're, you're going into an empty stadium. But, you know, the one good thing is, is you know, in some of the parks, you know, they actually put the people up so you, you think that there's people in the stands. It kind of it tricks you a little bit, and then you hear the noise. But, you know, any kind of noise uh, uh, helps you when you're, when you're trying to play. Yeah, you know, I agree with you guys. It's it's a different, uh, you know, a different game to watch. Obviously, watching it on TV is fun in the sense that you, you know, we we've missed it for so many months. It's the first time in my life where baseball hasn't existed when it's supposed to. You kind of took that for granted, I think, in the past. It's great to see it, but it's different. It's it's one of those things. It's great time because we're watching baseball, and it's a difficult time because there's no fans. There's obviously a lot of uncertainty in what's you know happening with the sport and, and what's going to happen tomorrow. It's it's an amazing time. I mean, it's unlike anything we've ever seen, and hopefully we'll we'll ever see again. You know, Bucky, you've played obviously through difficult situations and no matter what's going on with with your team with in the world you, you know you have to keep playing when the game is going on and as it is in this case i guess it, obviously if you're if you're a player who decided to play this year what do you, how, how difficult do you think the challenges for these players who are out there playing and, and you know not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring but you know playing their hearts out 
th this this has got to be really challenging them for because you know they got the distance in the dugout. I mean, you know, you see guys sitting in the stands. You, you got to be careful in the clubhouse. You know, like the other night when they had the rain delay in Baltimore. You know, to 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 you know try and spread guys out. You know, to to keep the the distance in in, in effect. But you know, you you just got to you know push through it as a player. You know, you got to just concentrate and. And, and do the best you can when you go on the field to, to get your work in and, and be prepared, you know. And, and so far, I, I, I like what I see of this team. They have a real good uh, direction and a mentality of what they want to do, and it looks like they, they got, they're on a mission. And, and I like what I see so far. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? The, the thing with this team, and, and you hate to get ahead of yourself too much here, Baseball isn't played on paper. We, we've all learned that for a long time, but there's just no question that this lineup is a problem for any team that faces it. It's just, there's no break. You're, you're throwing out, whether it's Brett Gardner or sometimes Gio Urshela or Miguel Andujar in the, in the nine spot. There, there's, no, there's literally no guy that a pitcher is going to face that's an easy at bat for them. And you see it. It's just... The Yankees have a good pitching staff. There are definitely going to be games that the Yankees win, giving up a run or two. But then there are going to be times, what was it, I guess Thursday night in Baltimore, where Jonathan Loisaga comes in, pitches really well, but then gives up an unfortunate home run in the eighth inning. Things look bleak for a minute, but then you realize that, well, now the Orioles have to face DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge. And sure enough, Aaron Judge hits a three-run homer, and it's just, that's going to happen a lot. You know, if this team can stay healthy, that's going to happen a lot. Gary Sanchez isn't hitting it all right now, uh, or at least as we're recording this. Brett Gardner, same thing, and Duhar, same thing. But y you know those guys are going to hit. And meanwhile, you have Giancarlo Stanton, who can't make it out. You have DJ LeMahieu, who's still the machine. And, you know, again, you have Aaron Judge, who can come up in the top of the ninth inning and launch a ball to Canada. And are you surprised when that happens? I'm not surprised when that happens. Bucky, you, you managed the, uh, a Yankees team that didn't have uh, uh, as much talent as this one, and I think that's quite a, a, an understatement, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> yes. uh, sorry to bring that up, but, you know, I, I, I'd be curious, you know, as a manager, you must have a different set of confidence when you're losing a game like, you know, like the Yankees were on Thursday against Baltimore, and you have those type of players that John just mentioned coming up in the in the uh, in the next inning, how does that change the whole kind of feel in the dugout? Well, as a manager, that's a pretty doggone feeling because you know that any point in the game you're not out of it. You know, you got Judge back, you got Stanton back. You know, and and with those guys in the lineup, it's just a it's just a force. I mean, they got to get 27 outs, and until you get that 27th out, these guys are dangerous. I mean, all of them are dangerous. Any anybody in the lineup can hurt you. And, you know, the guy that sets the tone is the guy at the top, DJ LeMayhew. I, I think that he's a guy that's just, you know, sets the tone for the Yankees, you know. And back in the Baltimore series, he let off the, you know, the, the game with a home run. And, and it just seemed like, you know, right there, you could feel electricity in the dugout. So, but as a manager with this kind of lineup, man, oh, man, uh, you're, you're never out of the game. And meanwhile, we've gotten to see Garrett Cole pitch a few games already. I mean, just what a joy. What an absolute joy it is to watch that guy pitch for the Yankees. And I don't even think he's been his best yet by any stretch of the imagination. He's been incredibly good. And there have been stretches of both games, you know, the first one that was rain shortened and the, and the second one, of course, where, you know, he was rough in the first inning, rough in the seventh inning and unbelievable in the middle. But just watching the way that guy approaches absolutely everything on the mound and his demeanor off the mound and everything, 
you you throw money at a guy like that because of his incredible talent and 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 you say the right things when you do it that you know we're we're paying for the person as much as anything else but when you actually see it it's been so clear just what a great teammate he is and what a great impact he's having on the whole group and one thing that I, I keep going back to, and we mentioned this actually on the Yankees Magazine podcast last week, which if you are not currently subscribed to, by all means, please do. You know, he goes out there and, and makes such a point afterward when discussing what had been, you know, a very good outing he had to throw a lot of that credit at Gary Sanchez, who it should be noted has been a black hole at the plate so far. But when you have your your, your brand new ace talking about the impact that he's having as a catcher especially for a guy who has had some of his defense criticized in the past. It just shows you both what Garrett can do on the mound and also what kind of teammate he is. You could tell how, how competitive he was, you know, he'd get mad at himself when he went to dug out, you know, he, he wants to be perfect. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's a great thing to have, you know, to, to have a guy that that's confident like that. He wants to be his best. He wants to show that fire and, and he's got it in him. And then the game of Baltimore, I thought he was pretty good. He was still not as good as I've seen him in the past, but he was pretty, pretty good, and I'm glad he's on our side. As far as Sanchez, look, it's so important to get that camaraderie with that pitcher, and I know they've been working hard at it, and Cole's been giving him some some really good compliments, and, and John, you and I were talking about it you know, before the show. It's got to be difficult for not only Sanchez with him, but with the whole staff to try and talk, you know, you got to do it in the, at the hotel and in your room, you know, in the meeting room or whatever, you know, so it, it, it's got to be a challenge for him, but he's going to hit, he's starting off, you know, struggling, swinging the bat right now. I, I think that he's not, he doesn't have a really good approach at the plate right now. It seems like that he's all pull happy and he needs to go back and start using the other side of the field a little bit more. But he'll come out of it. What well, he'll probably hit a bloop, and the next thing you know, he'll be on fire, and we'll be talking about how good he is. Absolutely. And the thing is, I, I think you mentioned it. Everyone has a hard situation to deal with right now. I, I just think that catchers have it by far the hardest. Catching is always incredibly hard. There's always way more about catching that goes into what you see when you watch the game. But man, to do all that they're doing without having any of the ability to really bond with these pitchers in the way they're used to. I can't even imagine how many things are flying through uh, Gary's head at any given point. And, and it, it, I think it just has to be said again, there, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about the, the defensive work he did really changing up his entire stance. And with a guy like Gary, like you said, you know, the hitting is going to come. He's too good a hitter, but if he can maintain this really strong performance, he's had behind the plate. And again, it always has to be said, I can't think of too many pitching staffs that are harder to catch than the Yankees where everything is diving around the dirt. And he's done a really good job of it in the first week or so of the season. I think that's a huge positive that he can build off, especially because as we've said, you know, the hitting will come. Absolutely. I mean, he's done a really good job behind the plate. I mean, blocking balls and, you know, I think this new stance has is, is, is helped him. I don't know much about getting down on one knee, you know. I mean, I grew up with the old guys squatting and stuff like that. So, But it seems like it's working for him, and, and that's important. And, and um, he's calling calling the good game. Him and Cole seem to be getting along. And let's talk about some of the other guys. I mean, let's talk about Stanton. I mean, holy cow. He's come back, and he's been on fire. I mean, he's been, like, just locked in from, from the first pitch of the, of the season. And uh, he's hitting everything hard. That's the thing. The thing about Stanton is you notice, obviously, when he hits a 470-some-odd-foot home run with 120 exit velocity. It's easy to see that. The thing that you have to remember, though, is that when he hits a line drive double down the line that also goes 115 miles per hour, (laughs) you know, maybe it gets a couple fewer eyeballs because it didn't leave the park. 
But holy cow, I, can you imagine just having to stand at third base when that guy's in the batter's box? No, I, I, that's one guy that I wouldn't want to be a third baseman. I mean, I remember having to play third in spring training when I was a rookie coming up and uh, Dave Kingman came up and I was like, oh my God, this guy's a <laughs> giant. You know, how far back, can I go play in the outfield and still try to throw him out at first base? And then at shortstop when uh, Frank Howard came up. So, uh, you know, I've seen some big guys come up, but this guy hits the ball as hard as anybody I've, I've ever seen. And um, he's, he's scary locked in right now. You know, Bucky, I'm glad you brought him up in particular because, like you, I'm so excited about what, you know, what he's been able to do. I wrote a story about him uh, for our, our August issue. And, you know, at that point, I'm writing the story, you know, after interviewing in spring training. And, and so much of it was based on, you know, just kind of how hard he worked to come back from all the injuries last year. And when you're at that point, you don't know if it's going to stick. You know, you don't know if he's going to really be able to come out and, and do what he hopes to do. But he always had that that confidence that like, you know, I was a you know a great player, an MVP caliber player. I had a, I had, you know, injuries last year, things didn't work out, but I'm gonna be that player again. It's not like he's over the hill or anything like that. He's he's obviously in the prime of his career. How excited do you think we can be, you know, about the fact that the Yankees have him, you know, signed for, for many years. I mean, what do you think the long-term effect, let's say, of Giancarlo Stanton on this team can be? Well, I think it would be, be big. And the, and the big thing is staying healthy for him. You know, he needs to stay healthy. And I think, you know, we got to talk about one thing is uh, we're, we got lucky. The team got lucky because of the setback with this virus. So it gave them a chance to get healthy and gave Judge a chance to get healthy, Paxton, it gave, you know, Giancarlo a chance to get healthy. So um, being the negative of, of the coronavirus, it turned out to be a positive for those guys because they're back in the lineup and they're playing and they're playing like, like the stars they're, they're capable of playing. But as far as Giancarlo, if he stays healthy, as long as he stays healthy, he's got a chance to, to do some damage and put up some serious numbers. Well, I hope that's the case. He worked hard to get to this point. Uh, it's certainly nice to see what he's what he's been able to do, and it's nice to see him him contributing the way that that he is so far. I hope it continues. Not to repeat it myself, also, it's 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 worth noting that again, just as we're recording this, there are regular members of the team who have one two hits total through the first week or so. Imagine when they start hitting. Imagine when Sanchez starts hitting. <laughs> I mean, you know he's gonna. Gardner had last year the best offensive season of his career. You know he's going to start hitting at some point. It's 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 remarkable. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's no easy outs in this lineup, and that's the thing. You know that you know you try and say, okay, I'm going to pitch careful to this guy and pitch around him, and then you got you know Torres, and then you got Judge, and then you got Voigt. Uh, you know, the other night get a big grand slam in the first inning. I mean, each guy in the lineup can hurt you. So there's really nobody you can really pitch around. Uh, so that makes it difficult when you're, when you're trying to get 27 out. You know, I wonder for both of you guys, Bucky, you mentioned at the very beginning, because obviously as wonderful as it is to be watching baseball, it's impossible to watch these games and not be just confronted with how weird the situation is. One thing that I haven't done yet, but what I'm hearing from people who have is just how great the experience of, of, of listening on the radio is right now. And I really, whether hopefully sometime soon I can you know, get my stuff together and make it a point to do that because people are saying you don't notice the weirdness when you do it like that. You don't pick up on the strange things that you're seeing. And, and I, I wonder if either one of you has had a chance to listen to a game yet. 
not not on the radio, but it brings back a lot of memories because that's where we used to listen to baseball back in you know when I was growing up was a, a lot of the games were on the radio and and, and the great announcers back then and uh, that was that was the fun of it. So I haven't had a chance to listen to too many of them on the radio now, you know, because we've got the MLB package, so we get to watch all the games on TV. So uh, that's been a lot of fun also. How about you, Al? No, I, you know, I haven't listened to the game on the radio, but, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, I, I guess similar to, to you, Bucky, watching a baseball game at home on TV uh, has, has never been more enjoyable. It's just so much fun. I, and I think it's probably because of the, the void that existed and the fact that it wasn't there. I, I enjoy the intricacies of it. I enjoy, you know, just kind of the, the strategy. And it, and like that Baltimore game, I mean, that, you know, is right now, you know, to me, what, you know, the most exciting game I've seen so far this year, where, you know, the Yankees are down and they come back and uh, go ahead late, you know, especially on a, on a home run off the bat of Aaron Judge, somebody who, I, I candidly can say I, I probably root for almost a little bit more than, than everybody else just because I'm so, you know, amazed by his, his ability. It, it's just, you know, be, watching a game on TV, Bucky, it, it, it almost rivals the excitement of, of having been at the stadium in the past. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's fun. I mean, look, it, it shows you the, how much that we miss baseball and, 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 and we'll take it any way we can. And, and now that it's back, you know, it's like, okay, so there's no fans, big deal. We're going to watch the game and, and the games have been fun to watch because this team is exciting and it's going to be, you know, great to watch them, uh, you know, play the rest of the year to see, see who's going who's gonna to do what. I mean, you know, Hicks is back. He's been scuffling a little bit, but he's back in a lineup and he's a threat. And he, got, he got a big double in that Baltimore series, you know, right before, you know, Judge hit the three-run homer. So, I mean, it's just good to watch these guys play. I mean, they're a fun team to watch. And you just never know what's going to happen in the game, whether they're up or down. I mean, that, that's, that's the fun part of it. And I think one thing I, I just want to throw in here as the, kind of the last word on this, if I can have it before we turn the page, I think be, beyond the obvious skill that the Yankees are showing and beyond just how fun it is to watch baseball, I think that everyone involved in the team, and I, I mean the players, I mean the front office, I certainly mean Aaron Boone and his coaching staff, I think everyone deserves a lot of credit for just the tone that they have struck as they've been dealing with all this. I, obviously, through no fault of their own, the Yankees, and through no fault of anyone's, really, I mean, unless it turns out that some player in the Marlins was out being truly reckless, the Yankees got jerked around a lot in ways that w were difficult, and everything's difficult right now. And I, I just thought it was very impressive to listen to everyone from Brian Cashman to Aaron Boone to all the players just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, everyone's dealing with something. This is what we're dealing with right now. We're trying to find the positives. So, you know, they get stuck in Philadelphia for a few days. They get to Baltimore at 7 p.m. and go work out right away at Camden Yards. And you listen to Boone the next day saying, oh, it was a great workout. We were really glad to be able to get it in. We're not going to make any excuses. Everyone's dealing with stuff. I think that it's it, it's a good model to follow. Who knows how difficult the next 50 games or whatever they're able to get in are going to be. And there's going to be a lot of times where players are dealing with, frankly, unfair situations that they've never dealt with in their careers and I think it's just a it's a good thing to see the way that the team from the top down is choosing to approach this right now because there's nothing to become from whining about it. There's nothing to become from feeling sorry for yourselves. The only thing you can go out and do is win, which to date has been how the Yankees have approached it. Absolutely. They're very professional and they're locked in, you know, the, like like I said earlier, they're locked in with this mission that they, you know, they want to get it done. They've come up short over the last couple of years and 
Uh, they're, they're healthy, they're, they're back, they're playing, and you just go about your business, you know, whatever it is. I mean, there's going to be distractions in the game, and, and these are pretty big distractions, but they've got it in their mind that this is the way we're going to go about it, and this is the way we're going we're to handle it, and, and so far they've been, they've been doing a great job, I mean, right from the, the top right on down, and uh, uh, you've got you to gotta give them a stand-up applause for that because uh, this is the most challenging time I've ever seen. I've been through some difficult times in, in sports, but, but nothing like this, and you've got to give all these guys, each team, a lot of credit you know, uh, with, with what they're going through. Well, Bucky, that's a great segue right there to something I do want to talk about. Obviously, anytime you watch a game right now, it's wonderful to see baseball. And maybe if the camera angles the right way, it looks like normal baseball. But the the second that the camera zooms out or whatever, and you see whether cardboard fans or no fans, you remember just how bizarre is the wrong word. Because the fact of the matter is the country is going through you know a nationwide or global, whatever you want to call it, tragedy right now. And it's difficult to lose sight of the fact that People are dying and people are sick. And as wonderful as it is to watch baseball, just this isn't a great time right now for our country. And one thing that I keep kind of going back to, not that it's exactly a parallel, but this past weekend, obviously, was the 41st anniversary of Thurman Munson's passing. And we did a a lot with it last year. And I personally did a lot last year learning all about Thurman and learning about that situation. And there's just a part of me that, that felt kind of all week leading up to it as I was thinking about it that just felt like a real parallel to me in terms of for everything that I just said about how professional the team has been in dealing with this crazy situation it's impossible for me not to think to to the way that the team dealt with the tragedy of Thurman's passing and obviously Bucky you know you were there and I'm just curious just when when you think about those days and those weeks and the end of that really what was not a great season, obviously, for a lot of reasons, and then got, became a tragic season. What What are your memories of that time? Well, they were they were tough. I mean, you know, we were, you know, teammates. You know, I came over with the Yankees in '77, and Thurman was our captain. He was like our the backbone of the team. You know, he was a guy that could get real serious, guy that joke around, had a great sense of humor. He was a tough, tough player on the field, and. You know, uh, I'll never forget the night. Uh, you know, we had an off day, and the last time I saw Thurman was we played in Chicago on Sunday, and uh, I saw him walking to his car with uh, Bobby Mercer and, and Bobby Mercer's wife, you know, because we had an off day the next day. And the next day uh, on the off day, I was in the Twin Towers having dinner, and I came down after dinner, and I asked the guy to get my car, and he goes, aren't you Bucky Dent from the Yankees? I go, yeah. And he goes, boy, it's a shame what happened to Thurman. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, he got killed in a plane crash. And I'm telling you what, I, I never felt a rush like that in my life. I sat down on my car and I just started crying. I, I couldn't believe it. You, you don't want to believe it at, at first, you know. So, um, But, you know, though that, that was a very difficult time for our team because what Thurman meant to the organization, what he meant, you know, to us individually as players and um you, you kind of did the same thing, you know, you knew you had to play. And we as a team, we came back and from uh, the f- funeral, and it was a tough decision. We could have not played that night, but everybody wanted to play. And, and we went out and played, you know, with a heavy heart. But, uh, uh, you know, those guys, uh, you know, that's what that team wanted to do. And, uh, you know, you just focus on what you have to do to go forward. And uh, uh, it was a very, 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 very tough time, though. Last year, when I was reporting on the 40th anniversary of the tragedy, one person that I spoke to was Don Mattingly, who 
the reason I was interested to talk to him, there were two reasons. The first off, I was curious what it was like a couple of years later to come up to that team from the minor leagues and, and how he experienced even two years later, the loss of Thurman, but also as a manager, Mattingly has had the experience of losing Jose Fernandez. And one point he made to me was when, when Jose passed away, tragically, you know, the only saving grace in a sense was that there was like four days left in the season or a week left in the season. And they just kind of had to play out the string and then they could get out of there because no one wanted to be there. You guys had to play two months. Was there a part of you that just felt like, just get me out of here. Like the teams, we're not good this year. This is just too hard right now. Well, you know, the one thing that stands out in my mind is, is, is um, the night of the game when we ran out on the field and they left home plate open. And, and then Jerry Naren came in, you know, to be the catcher that night. But that was a weird feeling to run out to shortstop, to turn around and look at home plate. And Thurman wasn't going to be back there anymore. And yes, the, the rest of the scene, season was very, very difficult. We still thought we had a chance uh, to win it all, but it was tough to, to overcome. And, you know, we, we didn't quite finish the season the way we wanted to finish. But um, you just don't forget something like that. I mean, especially to a guy that was so important to not only you, but to the organization and, and all of baseball. I mean, he was just a, a, a tremendous guy. One thing I wanted to, you know, I've asked you this before and, and you know, talked to Goose about Thurman and, um, you know, just since we're, we're obviously focusing on the how difficult of a time it was to play through, you know, the, the wake of his passing and, and obviously like, you know, there's so much that players right now have to deal with. But, you know, give me one, if you will, you know, one story or one anecdote about him. I, I think everybody, John, you and I ask for, for, you know, this question, too, in terms of like an anecdote about Thurman Munson. You're always like pleasantly surprised uh, by just kind of how unique of a, of a person he was. Like, what sticks out from him as a teammate? Any any story you can share that maybe we haven't heard or we've heard? But <laughs> just, well, it's, it, there's so many things that can make you laugh. You know, uh, Thurman had a had a serious side of him. You know, he was on the field, but you know, uh, he had a he had a, a funny side to him too, like a lot of guys on that team. But he had a sarcastic side to him where he could get you fired up in a second because you know, like if you were struggling a little bit. Uh, like I remember I was struggling. I was standing by the batting cage one day and he comes up and he's all jolly and, and he turns around and he looks at me and he goes, are you trying? <laughs> and I looked at him and I, and I, and I was like, did he just say that to me? You know, and it kind of like ticked me off, but it, it got you going, you know, it got, it got you, got you motivated. And then a lot of times during the game, you know, when Gidry and I were, were talking, you know, in the podcast earlier in the year, Thurman would squat down back there, and with him and Goose, when it became three balls and two strikes, and I would look in to see if he's going to put a sign down, he would just wave his hand like, come on, throw, give me all you got. Just let it fly, baby. And, you know, i just start chuckling, you know. I mean, that's, that's the way he was, you know. I mean, you never knew what he was going to say, especially when you walked to the mound. I mean, uh, you know, one, I remember one night we're, uh, I think we're in uh, – Detroit and we went to the mound and Thurman came back and he always put his mask up on top of his head, you know, and Art Fowler, <laughs> Art Fowler started to walk out to the mound. And just as he went up to get up on the mound, Thurman looked at him, he goes, what do you want? He says, get out of here. 
And he, it, Art just looked at him, and we we all started laughing. He just turned around and walked back to the dugout, didn't say a word. But I mean, it was just hilarious. I mean, Thurman Thurman had that in him. I mean, he had that that side of him, you know, like, "What do you want? Get out of here. We got this." You know, <laughs> he could just say things to you that uh, you know could get you fired up as as a player. One of my great joys last year was talking to Diana, and again, I I wasn't alive when Thurman played or you know when he passed away and my image of him is just this gruff mean dude whatever and what i loved so much about talking to diana in addition to just the great stories about how he was as a father was just the way that she could completely control him that you know he could be in a bad mood he could be saying the wrong things and she told me it was the italian side of her you know she would just come out there and just put him right back in his place and she's just wonderfully (laughs) kind and sweet and gentle woman and you think about the way that she was able to control thurman munson and it, it was amazing to hear but but i I want to turn the page a a little bit for a second because, you know, I mentioned again that I wasn't alive when Thurman was alive, but obviously, you know, tragedy in baseball is something that, that we've seen too much of. Of course, I mentioned Jose Fernandez, but I certainly remember, you know, whether it's Jordana Ventura or uh, uh, Daryl Kyle, but I also, of course, you know, I I was younger, but I remember, you know, that terrible day that Steve Olin and Tim Cruz passed away during spring training but 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 the question I have for you, Bucky, I wonder what your memories are of uh, when Roberto Clemente passed. Uh, you know, you were in the, I believe you were in the minors at the time, so obviously it wasn't like you had played with him or anything like that. But just when a giant like that fell in that way, what do you remember about that? Well, I remember as a rookie. You know, I mean, I was I was just a, you know just started my professional career, and I always you know loved Roberto Clemente. You know, I mean, he he was one of the the best players I ever saw play, and. Uh, uh, I remember wanting to get a chance in spring training to to play against him, you know. But uh, uh, I didn't get called up, you know, to the big league camp until 1973. But you know, when when that happened, I mean, it was like, oh wow, you know. I mean, you just you just don't want to believe it at, at, at first, you know, that that this can happen. That you know, he's not going to be around anymore. And that's what happened with Thurman. And uh, you know, going back to Thurman, I used to fly with Thurman a lot, you know. Um, because I was learning how to fly. So I used to fly with him in spring training in his, in his plane. Uh, we'd go over to Fort Lauderdale, get in his plane, and, and we'd fly all around Miami. And actually, you know, they let him fly to a couple, couple uh, on a couple road trips. And I flew with him from New York to Boston, from Boston to D- Detroit, you know. But he was so good in his King Air. I felt very comfortable with him. I never had an opportunity to, to fly with him in his jet. But I was learning to fly, so I had an opportunity to talk to him about it a lot of different things, but going going back to him, you know, Thurman used to have a t-shirt that he wore in the clubhouse, and it was a Yosemite Sam t-shirt, and that's kind of like the character that you look at Thurman and you think him, you know, like Yosemite Sam, this guy's got these guns and this long beard and stuff like that, and on the saying, he says, eyes hates baseball, you know, and he used to walk <laughs> around walk around in a clubhouse with that thing on, you know, and uh, it, it just tickled the heck out of me because of the, the character Yosemite Sam, and that's kind of like the character that Thurman was, that gruffy old guy, you know, and, and stuff like that. But anytime you lose a, a, a great player, it's it's like, it, it just stuns you. And you, you go, wow, did this, did this really happen? And uh, um, it, 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 it's just a tough thing to go through. Bucky, looking forward as we approach these next 50 games, what are the things that you're most looking forward to, you know, from a baseball perspective? I'm just looking forward to watching them keep doing what they're doing to play. And I, I'm looking forward to, 
you know, hopefully there won't be any more interruptions, you know, where they got to stop, you know, and say, okay, we, we can't play this series and, you know, we got to, we got to start this series in, in Boston or, or whatever. I just, I just hope that the, it doesn't, you know, happen more often, the disruption of the season. Um, but I'm just looking forward to watching this team play. I'm looking forward to watching Cole pitch more. I'm looking forward to, to these guys staying healthy and to see really what they can do as they go into the, uh, to the playoffs at the end of the year. I mean, they're just a fun team to watch. I think they're locked in, and, and I'm really looking forward to watching, watching them play the last part of the season. I agree with you, you know, Bucky. I think, um, you know, it was a difficult thing that happened last week, obviously with what happened with the Marlins and the Phillies and, you know, the unfortunate nature of, you know, playing baseball through a, a global pandemic, which, of course, we've never seen before, is that, you know, we're kind of learning that, you know, these things are going to happen. And uh, hopefully players are really being as cautious as they possibly can be and really living conservatively, let's say, to do everything they can to to avoid getting the virus and, and spreading it. And, and if that's the case and we can get through 60 games, it'll, it'll actually be quite a historic season. Uh, no matter who wins or or whatever happens uh, in the postseason, but there there's certainly a, a historical element to it. Obviously, the uniqueness of it can't be overstated. But I I am with you, Bucky. I I hope that things happen uh, favorably for the sport, and I I know the people have uh, who are playing the sport and involved with the sport. You know, obviously have have quite a bit to do with that. So fingers crossed here that that things work out. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I tell you what, it's it's just it, it's historic already. To, I mean, just to watch them be playing baseball with what they've gone through, you know, to get there. That challenge of of trying to you know get these games in and, and have a season and uh, all the disruption and stuff like that. So it, it's going to be it's going to be really fun to see them, you know, put this season together. And like you say, you know, this is going to be one that you're never ever ever going to forget as far as uh, um, what's what what they've endured and what they've gone through um, as as individuals, families, and, and and as a team. I think that's pretty safe to say that we're always going to remember 2020 and the 2020 baseball season. <laughs> well, that's a great number. That's yeah. a great number. Oh though. yeah, that's I mean, right. Yeah, it's retired. <laughs> Not because of me. <laughs> well. Guys, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk baseball today. Again, I, I said it at the start of this thing. It, I, I've loved the conversations we've had with some greats from the games past, but just talking about a couple baseball games today was really special. Bucky, Al, thanks so much. Can't wait to do this again with you in two weeks. Can't wait to do it. Looking forward to it. Go Yanks. And everyone else, uh, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Deep to Left with Bucky Dent. And before you go, I want to tell you a little more about the Yankees Magazine Podcast Network. If you liked hearing from Bucky today, you should also check out the Yankees Magazine Podcast, where we break down some of our written stories from each new magazine. And of course, talk Yankees baseball, which is a thing we can do now. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcast. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, subscribe, tell your friends, download back episodes. And of course, please send us an email with thoughts or questions or tips. You can send it to podcast at yankees.com. For Yankees Magazine subscribers, you should have finally received a new issue this month celebrating the return of baseball because we are finally back in production. 
you're still wondering, we're going to fulfill every issue of your current subscription. So if you had six magazines left to receive, you're going to receive six more. Do not worry. But of course, if you have any questions, you can call 800-GO-YANKS or go to yankees.com slash publications or again, email podcast at yankees.com. While you're there, you can start a new subscription, buy a back issue. You can even gift a subscription to someone who's a big fan. And if you'd like to see our content online, get a taste of it at yankees.com slash magazine. There you'll find our latest features to read from the magazine. And we're also on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine. Give us a follow and be up to date with every podcast, magazine, and story we produce. All right, everyone, that's it. We'll speak to you in two weeks. See ya and go Yanks. Hi, this is Aaron Hicks. For more stories like this one, subscribe by visiting yankees.com slash publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS.